0: hello everyone and welcome to pixels a show where we get people from well i almost started as the intro for the phileas club where we get people from (laughs) around the world but really on pixels which is a gaming show on this episode we do get people from around the world that cute little boyish laughter you heard was that of james who's joining us from the uk how's it going james it's going good
1: um i just i i just finished moving house, so I'm a little bit stressed, but apart from
0: that it's going it's it's going pretty well actually thank you so uh, my understanding is that you are now a professional youtuber and online personality yes that's that's the goal. that's your career choice yes what are you doing sir? you're crazy i know i know <laughs> it's
1: it's it's not the it's a decision I could have made. Uh, what I'm trying to say it, it's a scary decision.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? We discussed it when we were uh, together at Nerdacular a few months ago. And uh, my take on it is basically if you don't start doing crazy stuff like that after you're done with your studies and you've been good and, you know, you have your, your diploma in your pocket. And you, if you don't do that kind of crazy thing in your 20s, when are you going to do it? Exactly. So, better do it now and this is my message to the youth around the world be an idiot now uh, because you won't uh, be able to afford probably to be an idiot later and uh, it's character building so yeah exactly Basically, your parents are going to call me one day and say what the hell did (laughs) you do to our son exactly yeah definitely (laughs) so um yeah How's, how's it been going for the first like what it's been a couple of weeks uh, well, I
1: quit my job on. Well, I left my job on Friday, so this is the first week actually that I've been. Technically oh, I didn't doing this. realize because
0: you've been streaming and stuff for a while yeah. now. So yeah,
1: but no, this is the first week that's been 100 percent focus. Um, it's uh, it's been difficult to get into a routine. Actually, I need to. I I've started like getting dressed as if I'm going to work. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like I'm at, like I'm actually dressed for work right now because then I'm in the mindset. Yeah, but it's still like because i could just go downstairs and watch tv it's difficult to keep myself doing the work yeah but i'll I c- get there
0: yeah i can yeah I can, I can understand that for sure i think uh as a you know professional podcaster myself it's very easy to get distracted but on the other hand you know you can always make a, a work session out of it i don't think you should aim to work like 8 full hours a day uh because when you're on you know when you're Doing the shows and doing the streaming and everything. It's usually a little bit more taxing than just, you know, watching uh, emails on the screen. Uh, You have to be, you have to be like entertaining and stuff. And it's, yeah, it's not, it's taxing uh, physically. Um, Absolutely. It's not like you're, you know, in the street in the cold and everything, obviously. But yeah, so, but at least you're, you're doing... You're doing, you know, something that you you is an actual hobby. So when you're relaxing, go to your TV and play some more Metal Gear Solid. So that's also an option. Um, yes. <laughs> and we also have very quiet, very uh, silent in the background. Umberto, <laughs> who's joining us from ah. Korea.
2: Yeah. Hi, Patrick. Hi, James. And talking about the stress and moving home. Uh, yeah, I moved to Korea. And it was like three months ago and uh, I will stay here uh, for other six months. So I didn't have uh, your problems about uh, uh, getting accustomed uh, from office to homework because actually this is my eight years working from home. Uh, so I, I already have the, the good routine of uh, wake up and try to work as much as possible from my home. But I understand uh, your difficulties. But yeah,
0: now from Korea. Since, so uh, June yeah what's happening? What, uh, we can hear some music in the background. I imagine some uh, <laughs> night bar, and uh, you know you're like there's some uh, colonial type uh, furniture and
2: I'm really sorry about the, the music in the background. Uh, what's happening? just uh, need some uh, change, and uh, I had the opportunity to come here for a few months, and uh, it's a pretty cool uh, it's a pretty cool country because it's very new in uh, pretty much every aspect. Also, even though they have a very old culture, it's a very new country. It was remade, uh, of course, after the war and the last 20 years. So everything is new, super good internet and uh, many young people. So it's, it's a very crazy but interesting experience. So not bad.
0: Yeah, crazy fast internet. That's the reason we move uh, countries nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, having, having lived in Japan for a few years myself, uh, I I can completely understand the kind of uh, change. You know, it's really a change of complete change of environment. It's it's really interesting. Um, but come on, tell me the truth, Umberto. There is a girl involved in that <laughs> move, isn't there? As always. As always. All right. So you're still you're still doing the same job that you were doing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
2: Exactly the same job. Just start working at like 3 p.m. and uh, I pretty much close my PC at 1 a.m. because of course I need to work with the Italian time and uh, that's the, the the hard part but uh, because as I told you before it's basically eight years I, I never went to our office because our office is in Terni which is a one hour from Rome but living in Milan I never moved there so it's yeah it's basically the same job just much more far but uh, in terms of uh, daily in terms of daily routine is still the same thing
0: yeah just just across you know the world it's fine exactly Exactly. yeah i i love this you know i was uh, in uh, finland for the whole month of june and i could just do it as if i was in paris and i love the fact that we can work from anywhere and that Mm -hmm. goes for you too james now that you're yeah a podcaster just take your your if you have a powerful enough laptop just you can stream from anywhere so Yeah. That's cool. Uh, All right. You know what? Let's, let's start talking about video games instead of those (laughs) crazy international moving stories. Um, and we have to talk about Metal Gear Solid v, I guess. Um, we're going to be talking about a bunch of stuff. I played Mad Max. I played the Street Fighter V beta. Um, there's news about DSX, which is having a super weird uh, pre-order campaign. There's the Vive VR that's been delayed a, a week ago. There's the Apple TV that is apparently coming out. You know, there's a new model and there's, there's going to be an emphasis on games. Um, but... The first thing I want to talk about is Metal Gear Solid V because it's been a, a, a while since I had this fantasy in my head that Metal Gear Solid V was going to um, make me a friend of the series again. And playing the 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 intro, um, the the not the Phantom Pain, uh, Ground Zeroes. I got a little bit scared, and then people were saying that the final game, um, The Phantom Pain, was a masterpiece, and then I got hopeful, and I finally played it, I bought it, and I'm about, I don't know, seven to, maybe seven hours in, and I'm not convinced. I'm, I'm very sorry, and I feel like whenever I say I don't like Metal Gear Solid, I'm committing some kind of cardinal sin and, and you know, the, the wrath of the, the followers of uh, Kojima rains down upon me, but <laughs> I've been saying this about the previous uh, games that I hadn't played for a long time because they didn't gel with me, but this one uh, I, you know, it's the final one it's being hailed as a, a success, as a masterpiece and everything, and still I can't really get into it for some reason. It's very strange, it's like the uh, infiltration parts are super well done, obviously, but everything that's around it just doesn 't work with me the 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 intro is good; it puts you in the mood and you 're on this i don 't want to spoil it, but it 's very a, a very powerful kind of uh, uh, immersion thing where you 're into the skin of uh, snake, but then you have the all of the silliness that revolves around it that is you know all of the uh i would say even subpar it's not subpar acting but the writing feels translated from japanese and maybe it's because i know the japanese culture so well that i can see the strings connecting the english version to the japanese intent um and it it doesn't quite work with me there's the um the the you know, childish, uh, adolescent humor that doesn't quite work with me. There's the, you know, Snake has a, a piece of metal embedded in the, the skull, which is, you know, and he's called uh, Punished Venom Snake. And yep. all of the characters have these, you know, animal name and the the soldiers that you can recruit for your base have randomized animal and adjective name. And it's it's just... I don't know. It's, what, what do you think, James? I think you've liked oh. the game, so we can have a little bit of a balance yeah. here. So
1: my question is, do you like anime hugely? Are you an anime fan? Um,
0: that's a good question, actually. I used to be back when I was unconditionally in love with Japan. And then I moved there and I saw, you know, behind the curtain, I guess. And anime is not my thing anymore. Some of it I like, but not un- unconditionally as I did before.
1: Okay, Um, I think that, so how I've been approaching it, so this is my first, I played Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, which I loved. And then I right. played Ground but- Zeroes and this one. I haven't played any of the others, but I have watched them, like people play through them. Um, I think that for Metal Gear Solid, you need to realise, or at least for me, it helps realising that it's totally taking itself not seriously, and that if you think about it, like it's, it's Kojima is writing an anime and he's being super over the top and having fun with it and being silly. But that's what makes it not silly for me. You know, it, it's kind of just like it, oh, it makes it silly, but I can accept it because it's the game understands that it's not being super serious, but that it's taking itself mm. um, as a joke. And I can see why that, might not jive with, like, because it's a super serious topic. I mean, it's talking about um, language and talking about how, um, and death and, and um, revenge. And there's definitely some serious topics
0: there, but... And, and even the setting, which is the Afghan war in the 80s, it's, it's very present in that setting. It's not like, oh, it's someplace in the Middle East. It's like, Absolutely. this is the Afghan it's war super, and you have the USSR... Yeah. Uh, soldiers, they're here, and you're killed. Uh, uh, interestingly, you don't see any uh, Mujahideen uh, actually, at all. But... you do
1: later on. Okay. One of them, um, I actually just, just did a mission yesterday, where I had to rescue one. Okay, yeah. Um, but, yeah, alright. Um, yeah, no, it's... Um, I, again, I think the actual gameplay is stellar. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm really loving stealthing through places, and and just trying hundreds of different ways to complete a mission but it does take itself it does feel like it's been translated from japanese kind of haphazardly and i can see why because Mm. the people like motor gasol because it's so over the top and ridiculous but i can definitely see why that'd be a problem because it's not it is over the top and if you don't like that that style of stuff then yeah
0: it won't I guess yeah, the translation isn't isn't bad in the sense that it's funny English, right? It's, yeah. But it's it, it. There is something culturally that doesn't quite fit between the 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 way it's written and the the way we understand it. And you're right; it's very there's this clash of super serious, uh, realistic elements and this ridiculous. And I think for me, that's where the disconnect happens. Um, mm-hmm. Roberto, are you are you a Metal Gear? fan? I can't remember. I'm sure we talked about it. but
2: I am. I, I played all the, the major episodes. I didn't play the, the PSP uh, games, but uh, still, yeah, I really like Metal Gear Solid. I, um, honestly, I like the not too serious kind of uh, um, tone of, uh, of the games. Uh, still, I think uh, there is a, pro- a problem in, in terms of how the story is... Uh, how to say... I mean, if you play uh, each game... It, it's okay it's really interesting at the same time if you when you finish a game you just stop and try to think try to put everything together you see there are some problems in terms of storytelling and uh, uh, not everything uh, go to the to the right place it's not the story is not so clear at the end but still I think it's a very a very interesting kind of uh Of series, I I really like Metal Gear Solid. Yes.
0: So, have you played the fifth one or not yet?
2: I I didn't play it yet. I just played Ground Zeroes because uh, I didn't had the opportunity to to review the game because, of course, I was not in Italy and
0: uh, I still (laughs) didn't.
2: (laughs) And still, I didn't bought the the game.
0: Okay. Um, Well, yeah. So, I guess you know it needs to be said that the um, gameplay elements are great, and I think also the fact that I'm not a huge fan of old stealth. Uh, gameplay, although you can stop and shoot, uh, you know, the, the soldiers that... Yeah, that, and you can... But, uh, yeah, but uh, the thing is, you can do it, but it feels to me like I'm betraying the intent, like I'm not playing it the yeah. way it's supposed to. So if yeah. I'm going to play a Metal Gear Solid game, I'm going to play it stealth, right? It's, I'm not going to go in gun blazing and, and shoot everyone. It doesn't make sense. So, yeah, but I I enjoy... Some peppering of it, and you know, going around and and scoping everything for half an hour because before you finally go into the camp and decide your strategy. I I I understand it. I just don't enjoy it. I think as much as I would like to. So if that core gameplay element doesn't work for me, I guess it's no surprise that everything else, which I don't even you know, uh, uh, doesn't work for me as much as it does for other people. It's no surprise that I don't enjoy the game as much yeah. as I would like to.
1: Yeah, I do want to say that you can, you know, there's the there's the code name rankings at the end of every mission. You can get an S rank if you go through guns blazing. It it's possible to be as successful as possible, but I understand like Solid Snake yeah. or sorry, I guess Naked Snake in this one is yeah. is a infiltrator. So you want to do it?
0: Yeah, if I want to play a game where I'm gonna, maybe I should I should just you know accept that I'm going to shoot some people at least and and just play like that um and and maybe I would enjoy it a little bit more i'm going to try a little bit more i guess but i i i just think it's not for me and it's interesting that you know with this game i get the most uh uh you know religious hate that i do with you know that than i do with anything else it's like yeah. the, the kojima fans are very angry when you don't like one of their games it's, it's think, interesting
1: yeah there's a lot of history behind Metal Gear Solid especially with what's been going on with um, Konami this year and I think those fans are, I don't think they're hateful they're just very defensive yeah Kojima, yeah I that's
0: I, I'm overstating it a little bit it's it's very defensive but you know the, there's one other thing I want to say about uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 and Kojima in general First of all, there was a video, a farewell video uh that he he did with a sort of history of all, all of his games, all of his Metal Gear Solid games and he was saying what he wanted to and and even now, you know, 20 years after Metal Gear Solid 1 and without having liked any of the following games, it still touched me in a very emotional way. I was like, "Oh, but it's Kojima." So, I get it a little bit. On the other hand, the diva nature of the, you know, that that character that 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 create he created for himself with every mission. You get an intro credit and uh, ending credits, and in <laughs> each of those credit sequences, you have like his name five times in 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 the credits, and it's like directed by Hideo Kojima, written by Hideo Kojima, a game by Hideo Kojima, and you're like. Maybe it was he was poking, you know, fun at everyone because it's, you know, second degree and everything. He feels like a diva a little bit. And it's not to say that he's not talented. Some people have been telling me like, Oh, but he's a genius, and that's why he can put plaster his name everywhere. It's like, obviously, usually divas are talented, or at least recognized for what they do. It's what happens once they are recognized and acclaimed that makes them a diva or not. And it feels to me that he's he's not an obnoxious diva, but he's a little bit of a... I don't know, I, I have a problem with divas. So I like humbleness more than... Uh, people who plaster their name 150 times across their games. Maybe it's because he was taken off the, the you know, jacket. But anyway, I just wanted to mention this. Uh, and I still like Kojima. He's fine. I I just, you know, whatever. He'll be back. He will come out with another game very soon with another studio that's going to pay him very well to make the game. I sincerely hope so. I mean, even I, I've been enjoying... I,
1: I'm... i the fun of having Metal Gear Solid Five is going to make me go back and play the others, and I think that someone with that—I mean, the impact that he's made on on gaming just in general—he, yeah, I sincerely hope he may, gets to make another game.
0: Yeah, if nothing else, he invented stealth gameplay. Well, I'm, some purists are going to say that you know there were things before, but he—he's basically yeah. the 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 one that made it what it is and, today.
1: So and cinematic um, storytelling as well. I mean, Metal Gear Solid One was huge in the fact it had voice acting, like proper cinematic voice acting and proper cut scenes in, on a PS1 game.
0: Yeah, for sure. He, he brought this to gaming. I, I, he was a precursor in that sense, for, for sure. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, I think cinematic storytelling would have made its way to consoles anyway. Um, but he was, for sure, like the first time I played Metal Gear Solid, my head exploded. You probably weren't even born, James. That's depressing. Uh, I would have been... <laughs> I would have been four when it came out. Oh, okay, that's fine then. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about another cinematic achievement that translated into uh, gameplay, and that's Mad Max, which I hesitated getting. Um, and we're not going to be as long on Mad Max as we are on uh, on Metal Gear Solid, but. It's it, it was like €15 uh, Euros or €16 Euros on uh, Green Man Gaming or, or oh, CD Keys. Yeah, and so it's not been reviewing super well, but I figured I loved the movie Fury Road so much uh, that I needed to be all shiny and chrome in the game too. And um, so I went and bought it. I figured I'm going to play it for a couple of hours at least, but I want to try it. And I knew it's not, it has almost nothing to do with the with the movie, except a couple of names here and there. Um, and so I played it for a couple of hours and my, I guess the bar was, it, it had been reviewing, uh, you know, mediocrely. It usually uh, is considered uh, relatively, it's not a bad, a horrible game, but it's, competent, but not exciting. And I, I guess the bar was, am I going to be happy playing it more than a couple of hours? Or am I going to get 10 hours of gameplay out of it? Um, and I, I'm afraid that the answer is probably not. It's it's well done. It's a good uh, 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 academic... I don't know if you say that in English, but academically, it's good. Like, you can grade it, and it ticks all the boxes. It's... Um, it you have stuff to do. It's an open world, and you have uh, places to go, and there's a list of things to actually do. It's full of things to do, but there's there, there's never anything you actually want to do. There's never any cool moment. The combat hmm. system, um, uh, the the combat system is competent, uh, but not exciting. The car chases are well done, but not fun. It's I, I'm afraid it is what we feared it was going to be, and not what I hoped it was going to be, which was some kind of um, uh, Shadow of Mordor surprise. And Shadow of Mordor had... It's funny, because on paper, it doesn't have a lot more than Mad Max. It has that, um, you know, the Army of Mordor system, which was, you know, new and different, and that made it fun. But aside from that, the gameplay, the the day-to-day, every-minute gameplay wasn't super it shouldn't have been a lot more exciting but in practice for some reason some ups, uh, you know arcane game design reason that i'm not seeing it's better it's just more fun to play and the fun mm-hmm. is just not there in mad max so yeah,
2: mm, yeah i played
0: oh. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead umberto oh
2: okay, okay yeah i played the the preview version <clears throat> sorry but it was pretty much the same thing as the as the final one and uh, I agree with you. I think two things didn't pay. Uh, the first one is that Avalanche uh, developed the game at the same time of Jasco. so you can see that, uh, as you said, it's, it's not a bad game, but maybe it uh, doesn't have uh, um, small details or uh, the kind of ideas that maybe they could have made if they only focused on this game. But of course, uh, just Cause Another is another super huge and uh, super also ambitious game, so maybe it wasn't a super good idea to, to, to develop the two games at the same time. And uh, the other thing is that um, you say that you really like the movie, and I think this is another problem, because the movie was so good and so intense, but it was just a 2 hours kind of experience. So I, I also kind of um, took the game trying to um, imagine how, how, how could have been play the movie, but of course, you, you can't put the same kind of ex- experience in an open-world game like this. So I, I agree with you. It's a, it's a good game, but still not uh, not the best one. And uh, probably from Avalanche, uh, I, I expected something more.
0: Yeah, I guess the the conclusion of this is that I don't even think it's worth the sixteen euros or eighteen dollars oh, wow. or whatever. That, probably not. Yeah, it's it's just on that cusp. Right, it's just on the cusp of, if if it had if there had been you know half the things to do, but they had been more polished to to be made fun, um I, it would have been maybe a five hour fun experience or you know ten hours fun experience that would have been worth twenty bucks. But here it's just a, a probably a twenty hours experience that is just not fun. You can do it if you want to, but ah it hurts me to say this. It's really painful to say that it's not worth that money, but. Yeah. yeah do it's, you think um, it would work better if it was linear like, uh, no i don't th- i don't even even think so. It is relatively linear. You can follow the story missions uh but it's just it, it's not a problem you know the open world nature is not even the problem. The problem is that the core gameplay elements like the fighting is is the the tamest version of the Batman you know fighting you can find it's okay it's just not. It doesn't feel the the impact of your fight doesn't feel as good. It feels okay. It doesn't feel great like it does in Batman or in um, uh, Shadow of Mordor or, or some of these other games. Okay. It's, yeah. So anyway it doesn't it's it's too bad. I'm sad. Maybe I'm going to play it a little bit more but even that I, I doubt it. And and the characters are not uh, there is no charisma like you're you're your companion chum bucket is is weird and you can see that it's been written with care but it just doesn't it's i don't understand why you have this weird hunchback and there are some elements that are not bad like he speaks about uh motors and and mechanic things in this enlightened um, religious way which works on the writing level it works on the but it just doesn't I don't know. It doesn't gel again, and and I think for unlike Metal Gear Solid Five, it's not just for me. So, yeah. Huh. Anyway, uh, Street Fighter Five beta. We've played the beta, or at least I have. Have either of you guys played it? No,
2: <laughs> I didn't play. I didn't play the beta in um, in the last um, in, the, in the last few days. But I played the the preview version during uh, the last couple of uh, press events. I mean, at the E3 and at the Gamescom.
0: Okay, so what did you think of Street Fighter V? And let us know if you were a fan of, of Street Fighter Four before that. Um, was, what are your impressions?
2: I was a fan and uh, I, I think it's, um, how to say, that's, that's, really, that's a little hard. When, when Street Fighter Four came out, it was a really long time that uh, um, I didn't play in a Street Fighter game. So it was really like something... New. Also, even though it was something that, of course, it was uh, uh, it was still taking many things from other Street Fighters games, but uh, it look and play new. Uh, this this Street Fighter V, I think it's um, it, it's of course it's really solid uh, fighting games. It has some new good mechanics, and I'm not a pro, so I can't get into too many details. Like ah, this one will be a good mechanic, this, this one will not. But uh, I think it's really it's really solid and good, but at the same time, I didn't have the same wow kind of effect that I had when Street Fighter 4 came
0: out. You know, that's interesting because uh, for me, it's kind of the... So I understand that graphically, it's not as impressive, obviously, as Street Fighter 4 when it first came out. Because, you know, 4 came out almost 10 years ten years ago, I think. Um, I and know. it was yeah. it was the first full 3D... Well, not the first, but... We're not going to talk about Street Fighter. Um, oh, what was the name of the first 3D one? Which was great, by the way. Um, it was all blocky. and Anyway. Uh, was it? No, not X. It was... Ah! I have to, to look for it now. 3D Street Fighter. Uh, the first one... Was by Arika, another company that was. Oh yes, you're right. Ex, thank you, thank you, mm-hmm. Um It was great. Anyway, uh, Street Fighter Four um, was a, a visual, visually interesting. Um, Street Fighter Five is much better looking, but it, as with other game, every every other game that uh, makes the transition from PS, uh, you know, three or Xbox uh, 360 to PS4 and Xbox One. Initially, it feels like, oh, that's not such a big deal. And then you go back and look at the previous one and you're like, oh, all right. Yes, actually, it does look better. Um, But aside from that, I think gameplay wise, it's been refined to a point where uh, I think a lot of people who are interested in Street Fighter 4 but just couldn't get into it because it was too technical and too difficult um, are going to be pleased by Street Fighter 5. There's a lot of elements that, are, that make the game, it feels like they've gone full hog into the philosophy or, of easy to learn and hard to master, which other companies are, have you know implemented to great success. And for this one, it feels like Street Fighter V is um, very geared towards... Not beginners, but people who are interested in those games, but aren't technical enough for the, you know, one frame hit that you have to press the button at the exact right time. There are things like, uh, you know, the V skill, which is a very easy, basically... Special move that you press the two medium buttons and it executes. Um, for example, the one from uh, Cammy is she does a spinning punch, and as she's spinning, she goes. Uh, she 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 can avoid um, uh, fireballs. So if you can press the buttons at the right time, you go through a fireball and hit your enemy. And it also spins, and if you go too far, it spins and hits the enemy on the right spot. But it's also, once you're engaged in that animation, it takes a little bit of time to complete. And in order to go through the fireball, you have to anticipate the uh, enemy actually doing the fireball you have to really feel when they're going to do one it's really difficult to initiate the hit the 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 move as you're seeing the guy doing it so you still have to read into the fight and um understand how the flow of the fight is going you can't just press it willy-nilly and just get something out of it so it it feels like you still have to uh have some kind of understanding of the fight, but it's the emphasis is not on being super quick on your twitch reflexes and you have to press in half a a, 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 a second. Uh, at the right time. Or, well, actually half a second probably, but a tenth of a second. Um, And there are things like the moves that you do, uh, you don't have like uh, forward uh, heavy punch or forward heavy kick. When you press heavy kick, 99% of the time, it's always going to be the same one. So all of these kinds of things make it more approachable. And um, I think that it's going to be very interesting to widen the potential player base in that so the big question when you do that is, do you manage to do it while keeping the uh, technicality high enough that it's just not going to be just a free-for-all and every, anyone is going to be able to do anything? Uh, and I think from what I've seen, it's a you know very early beta. I've played a, a, a few hours of the game, but it feels like... It's still highly technical, but more mm-hmm. approachable. So I think they're striking the right balance there. I'm, I'm very positively, uh, my impressions are very positive at this point.
1: So at the risk of sounding, I guess, reductive, do you think this could be, I guess, the Heroes of the Storm to, Metal Ge- uh, to Mortal Kombat's Dota 2?
0: Um, well, that- I, so first of all, I wouldn't call... Mortal Kombat, Dota 2. No, I, I think I it's couldn't a, think of a. Yeah, <laughs> maybe Street Fighter 4, even. Okay. Or yeah. or even you know games like, uh, Guilty Gear and these kinds of games. Um, yes, sure. I think that's a very apt description. It's the uh, Hearthstone to uh, a little bit less approachable, but uh, we'll see what other characters are are going to be um, announced. But. It It is that kind of thing. It is the... Um, uh, they're trying to bring, as Blizzard does very well, a genre of games that is very popular but relatively niche and trying to widen the appeal of the game while keeping it very technical and, and very competitive if you want to go that route. Um, mm-hmm. They're not widening the base to the extent that uh, Blizzard did with uh, Hearthstone, which means really anyone can come and play it because... In a fighting game, you still have these things where you have to actually put the, you know, input the moves and it's a little bit more difficult than dragging a card onto the, the game. But maybe, maybe the, the Heroes of the Storm comparison is, is apt. I think that might be it. Um, okay, cool. And, and we, might yeah. see, we might see some you know, daily quests and things to get the in-game currency to buy more characters. And so that kind of mechanic also gels with the... Um, with that kind of game, sorry, Umberto. Umberto. No, sorry.
2: I just, yeah, I, I was just trying to say that uh, it's a little bit the uh, novel Vague of the fighting games to make like uh, <laughs> more accessible experiences because uh, they also announced the uh, Rising Thunder. I don't know if you, if you played oh, yeah. it a bit of it. <clears throat> it's uh, it's another fighting game from uh, Seth Killian, which uh, which worked actually at Capcom and on Street Fighter, and uh, it is uh, it is a uh, Maybe also more uh, accessible than a Street Fighter 5 because they are trying to just uh, uh, really simplify also the execution of, um, of uh, special moves. But the idea is basically again just to get this genre more accessible to other people. So it's maybe I, I think we will see something so, some some more fighting games on, on this kind of uh, idea in the next few years.
0: Yeah, I was excited about uh, Rising Thunder. I tried to install it. Uh, I got into the beta, was it? Um and I couldn't manage to install it on my PC. It was it just I got like three different kinds of errors and it wouldn't install. So, um but may, I'll try again at some point. I think Rising Thunder basically you don't have any uh, uh joystick moves to do the special moves. It's just exactly. one direction and one um uh, one button. Oh. Yeah.
1: So That sounds interesting to me, because my, well, my problem with fighting games is that I can never remember like, half the game, I'm checking the move list. I just can't think about what my combinations are, which is why I like Super Smash Brothers And if Rising Thunder does that same kind of thing, where you just have four or five moves based on where you're moving your, your um, button, you're pressing that sounds perfect to me.
0: Well, I'm trying this out right now. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, go ahead. I think you can get the into the beta relatively easily. Um, but I think, yeah, there is. We don't. We I don't know if it's going to work. But there is a. Uh, we're at the right time for fighting games to come back as a uh, maybe a little bit uh, more popular of a genre. Uh, we're going to talk about racing games a little bit later, and I think that is possibly in in the bottom of the curve right now. And I think fighting games are Possibly coming back to a higher portion of their own curves. Um, before we move on from Street Fighter, I just wanted to mention um, our Mika, Rainbow Mika, was announced as uh, it was the latest character announced. And um, it's so she looks super fun. Um, she's a, a character that came from Street Fighter Alpha, and she's a basically female luchador, and she's a, a wrestler. She's, she, she looks really fun to play. But um and butt is a word i chose very carefully um <laughs> she is uh, basically dressed in a string of in a thread she has a she she does attacks with her uh butts her 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 tits are hanging out and between that you know i i don't think i would have Either, even mentioned it if we hadn't uh, seen in the same period of time the release of the pre-order special costumes for all of the characters and some of them are super cool but the in the end we now have five uh character female characters of co- or costumes and basically four of them are in swimsuits it's mm-hmm. uh, uh Chun-Li is her Main costume is, is, I think, fine. It's a Chinese dress. Uh, but her alternate costume is basically a, a, a swimsuit. Cammy is in an actual swimsuit, her default costume. And her alternate costume is another swimsuit. I, I would have hoped they would have taken the opportunity to make her uh, an actual, I don't know, combat uh, dress. Yeah. yeah. And, That's And that stands is out most is... to me, actually. one. Yeah. yeah. Because,
1: I mean, the other ones, I could see... Because they're alternate costumes, I could see it being like, you know, if you want them, you can get them. But the fact that Cammy's, she's a soldier, and it's a swimsuit as her default costume, that one stands out to me as most egregious.
0: And I think, you know, it's it's all about balance. There are some people who told me, oh, but... Blanca is usually in a it, you know he he's half naked and Blanca hasn't been announced for the game yet, but Nikali is another character he's basically naked it It's fine to have some naked characters you know, and especially in a fighting game, actual fighters are usually not wearing a lot of clothes and by mm-hmm. the way ryu's alternate costume is bearded ryu and he's oh, yeah. really hot like he's sexy, he's ryu, sexy yeah. ryu yeah i'm like ooh, you're making me reconsider my life choices <laughs> um but uh, but you know so that's fine it's just that all of the female characters or you know 80 percent of them in this in this at this stage of the game are basically in swimsuits it's it's it bothers me um and and Couple that with the—I don't know if you've seen that video from Metal Gear Solid Five that's made the round—the the rounds, which is uh, quiet, which is a, a sniper in the game, um, who's already she's like again in a literal swimsuit. She yes. is well, in a swimsuit in the game, and I know it's justified in the game. Yeah. She's like, "Oh, I don't want to wear clothes because of this and that," but it's like, but and then it starts raining, and she goes and and you know. She, 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 she goes and dances in the rain in what is, it's so ridiculous. She's like, her, her boobs are jiggling and she's like, it's yeah. so adolescent. And, and I think the thing is, not to get this into a giant, you know, conversation about female representation in gaming, mm-hmm. which I could get into, but um, sure. it, it has to do a lot more with Japan. And the way Japanese people, you know, Japanese society considers women. And if you know anything about Japan, and most of, you know, a lot of people are anime fans and video games fans. And you know that the Japanese versions of games are usually the ones that have the most issues with gender equality. And Japan has a long way to go to consider women, you know, equal to basically... I've you know again. I've lived there. I've studied it. I and it just they have a big problem with that. And this is just an a rep- you know a, an example of that. And I know it. And it's just it bothers me. I know it's that's the way it is. And things will need to change a lot before we see the effect in games. It's probably a, 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 a how how the a symptom of all of this. But it's still okay to to mention it and to sure, absolutely. point it out, which is what I'm doing here. So
1: um, yeah. I do think I mean Metal Gear Solid um I do think handles it like the first the beginning of the game you spend staring at a guy's butt through a uh a thing. So I do think at least Metal Gear Solid is, is, is sorta equal opportunity in its objectification
0: to yeah. a degree. Yeah, I wouldn't say that the what you're looking at the the guys butt which is through a, a, a hospital gown um for a little bit i i wouldn't quite say it's equal no. to um what we see in quiet which is a very objectified character in my sure, opinion yeah. but um yeah i see where you're coming from i think again you can point to examples and that's an important thing to understand um I think you can point to examples where male characters are objectified to a degree uh, as well. But the problem is... a large majority, especially in Japanese games, a majority of the female characters are objectified. It's okay to have some objectified characters of either gender, I think. But the problem arises where there, when there's this imbalance where, you know, 80 or 90% of the female characters are objectified and only, I don't know, 30 or 20 or 40 or whatever percent of the male characters feel uh, like sexual mm-hmm. objects, right? So, Absolutely, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anyway. Um, any thoughts on, on that, Umberto? You're in Korea. I know they're, as much as they like to hate on each other, the Japanese and Koreans are very um, close to, in many respects. And yeah, the
2: Confucian uh, roots are the same, so they have the, the same kind of problems, if, uh, if you want to say so. Um, I don't know. I think still uh, those are just video games. So I mean, I mean, it's okay. It's okay. Th- those are just choices. So if uh, if you want, if you aim to some kind of uh, to, to a certain kind of players, I mean, it's still okay. I mean, I understand w- what you mean, but at the same time, uh, I, I don't know. It's a little hard to explain. Uh, I don't think it's too bad in video game because uh, you just choose to talk to half of the, your possible players. So this is more like. A, to me, it's more a business choice, uh, kind of marketing business kind of choice. So if, if they want uh, all the street fighter, fa- women fighter in a swimsuit, to me, I mean, it's okay. They should know that probably some girls will be angry, some, some girls will not play the game. It's not a too big deal because uh, one day will come out another uh, fighting game where uh, women are Better represented and uh, women will play this game, and so i don 't know i this is not the kind of talk, topic of uh, that uh, really turned me on
0: yeah it doesn't well, maybe it turns you on it doesn't bother you <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah. Uh, yeah you know i I would agree if there were Games were, if there were enough games or, you know, that had um, female characters represented well. And that's the whole issue, I think, you know, the the balance thing. And the big problem is I think we don't have enough of those. It's changing in the West very quickly. In the past couple of Mm -hmm. years, we've had a lot of progress in that uh, area. But in in the East, I think it's still, and that's what we're coming back to, I guess. In the end, it's, yeah, uh, the Japanese games are are well Japanese, yeah, uh, and that's yeah. the balance. You know, it's that balance. We don't have fighting games with well dressed uh, <laughs> <laughs> female characters, or very few. But um, anyway, that's that could make for an entire. An entire show. If you want to uh, uh, discuss this more, I've written uh, a big, very long series of articles on my blog patrickbeja.com, dot uh, com discussing the issue of um, female representation in gaming and in society at large, which I think is a is a problem. And uh, I've discussed uh, ethics in games journalism as well. The two issues mm-hmm. because of GamerGate have been linked very often and uh, I've discussed Gamergate as well and I it, I wrote it a, a year ago and I, I reread it recently I think as we're um, you know g- heading into the first anniversary of Gamergate the description of trying to understand why Gamergate is so controversial and such a big issue I think the way I explore it is still relevant today so if you want to find out more about that uh, it's on patrickbeja.com it's not too far down uh, the article's uh, and talking about uh, game journalism and ethics the ftc has found um a, a youtube network uh, machinima i believe uh guilty of deceptive xbox 1 advertising we discussed it a little bit earlier in in the previous episode um and i think i've i've it it's i've managed to put my uh feelings about this into words i think ethics is supremely important um, when you're talking about journalism, I think it's been bandied about as a, um, an issue in instances where I think today we're in ve- a very good place for most major publications. There's um, ethics statements e- that are very clear and, and uh, uh, the publications say when they get things for free nowadays. Uh, the YouTube space is still very uncertain And the attention of the people who want ethics in games journalism, I think, would be well served to be turned on those types of activities, because it's a lot of young people who really don't know how things work and what should be done and what shouldn't be done. And a lot of them have been learning about all of this as they go. Um, And the, the bottom line is, be it for serious journalists or for YouTubers, I think the 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 key thing is that if you're saying anything that is that could influence your uh viewers or readers or listeners opinion you mm-hmm. should be clear about why you're saying these things if Absolutely. it is because you are actually liking or disliking something then you should people should understand it uh, of course, maybe you don 't have to write it in full letters in you know giant font everywhere, but people should have a reasonable expectation of understanding what you 're saying it, and if you 're getting paid for it, uh then people should at least have a reasonable understanding of that at least you know a message like made possible with or you know in partnership with or whatever something like that and um and it 's a simple rule right right get people to have a reasonable understanding of the 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 origin of your you know review talking about the game whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should you should if you if if you pay me to say something, I should let someone know that
0: I've been paid to say it. It's and I th- you know I think a lot of uh, YouTubers have been saying, well, we're entertainers, so we're not really journalists. And I don't think that I think that's the thing that bothers me the most. As long as you have people who are listening to your opinion and who are going to make a purchasing decision based on it, then you should apply the same ethical rules uh, to yourself as journalists do. It doesn't matter that you call yourself an entertainer or, you know, a a fun giver or whatever. I think it's important that once the purchasing decision is going to be influenced, then... Yes. Yeah, exactly. If you're an influencer, then then you're...
1: Exactly. Then you have a, a, a ethical duty. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, that's the word duty. You have a duty to to saying to to because you're misleading people otherwise, yeah. and, and that's
0: not not cool. And um, and you know even stronger than not cool, it's it's not legal, right? No. It's for Do- journalists. It's, it's, at least it's not legal, and that's the big question. Are these people, journalists, are they subjected to the same rules or journal, as journalists are? Well, and, yeah. I know that the FTC, at least I don't know what
1: it's like in the EU, but I know the FTC this year, um, I think it was in May or, Mar- May or March, I don't remember which, implemented a law that said whenever you're advertising something, you have to disclose it or it's yeah. illegal. So no matter it- who does
0: it and i think it's it's somewhat different some people sometimes say you know well when a a uh an athlete gets uh, paid to use or an actor gets paid to use a blackberry or whatever you know uh, uh, this or that watch to wear this or that watch I think it's it, it's not the same because, first of all, they're not expected to be reviewing anything or giving their mm. opinion on, on something. Uh, when you're playing something and having fun with it, you're kind of you know saying that the game is fun. And if the fun is being paid for, then it's a different story. If the person is just showing up to a premiere of a movie with a certain watch... Then I don't think it's quite the same. Yes, it's paid for and it's some kind of advertising, but it's not the same level. He's not telling you buy this watch; it's super cool. And if they are, I think in that case it becomes very iffy, right? Exactly. It's, it's that, yeah. yeah. So anyway, Umberto, any? Uh, oh, thoughts on this or
2: i mean as you say it is or it should be a very simple kind of rule but i don't know i i don't want to say too much because of course uh, we have many many people watching youtubers that say it us, are ah, you all the journalists still working for online magazine you take money for this 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 and so i if i say anything it sounds like uh, ah, this time we can say bad things about youtubers ah. which uh, yeah,
0: don't I, understand. I understand yeah i'm i'm I, I think the situation has been getting a lot better i think uh for both youtubers I mean a couple of years ago the practices I can tell you were horrendous like it was appalling what was happening, and for the press as well there there's been um if if anything the the issues the the focus that has been put on on uh ethics in games journalism in the past year i think has um uh encouraged people to actually make their uh, ethical policies a little bit clearer. So I don't think we have a big issue anymore, honestly. There, there might be incidents here and there, as they always are, and they're being scrutinized in an appropriate way. Uh, but even the, that FTC uh, you know uh, ruling that's uh, happened last week is on facts that are almost a year old. So I think all of this is getting regulated, and it's uh, it's good. Yeah i agree um deus ex mankind divided the pre-order campaign is i i would say even potentially bordering on deceptive practices yeah this makes me feel like slimy this deus (laughs) ex thing because it feels like a pyramid
1: scheme it, it a feels little bit, like a pyramid yeah.
0: scheme. So it's, the way it's going to work is that um, depending on how many people order or pre-order uh, DSX, Mankind Divided, uh, you're, they're going to unlock different tiers of rewards. Uh, the first tier is going to be uh, you, you can select uh, certain augments that are going to be bonuses for you to play. The second tier, you can choose between a digital art book and a soundtrack uh, sampler. Uh, tier three is a comic book or a novel and t4 is a four is four days early access and i think this is just for the people who pre-order not for everyone um and it is it, it's angering me a little bit because of uh, a couple of things first of all it feels you're right james it feels a little bit slimy to get people basically what they what this suggests is that people are going to be Encouraging their friends to pre order the game, which, as we've said many times, I don't think anyone should pre order any game ever. Uh, unless you're absolutely 120% certain that you're gonna like it. For example, Street Fighter V. I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna pre order it. It doesn't matter if it sucks, which my first impressions are it doesn't. I'm gonna play it anyway. Fine. If you're, you know, that kind of uh, uh, zealot, then pre order it. And some people will, but. In general, it's probably a bad idea to pre-order a game 90% of the time because you're going to be able to get it on the day it's released anyway, no matter what. Um, And here, it's encouraging their friends kind of to pre-order, but you know it's not going to happen. Is anyone going to go to their friends and say, Oh, dude, you should pre-order Deus Ex now because if you do, then we all get some added tiers of of bonuses. It feels wrong and and no one's going to do it. Plus... Those tiers don't have any numbers attached to it. So it is absolute, I can guarantee you 200%. It's not even a question that they're going to reach tier four for a couple of reasons. First of all, if they don't, you know, if they stop at tier two, uh, PR wise, the message is, oh, well, you know, we didn't sell enough pre-orders. So I guess uh, we're not going to get to tier three. And yeah. it's like, our game didn't generate enough interest, sorry. it Of course it's not going to happen. And second, tier four is four days early access for um, the, the the people who pre-ordered, which means it's going to make their servers uh, heat up less once the game is actually released. It makes for an easier launch. Yeah. Everyone wins.
1: I mean, that PR message of, of how many people bought our game? Oh, enough to unlock four-day early access. That's... Tier five, you know that's that's a huge positive PR boom as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. Then they can then can they can parrot it around and say tier four reached uh, early access. Woohoo! The game is so successful, but you don't know how many people pre-ordered. No. So yeah, don't don't. I mean, I don't think the the worst thing about this is I don't think anyone is fooled by this, right? I'm not. No. We're not revealing some kind of huge scandal here. It's just riding on the coattails of some kind of crowdfunding it it was cooked up in the mind of some uh you know marketing executive that needed a, an original plan for the launch of the game and that no one could say no to it feels like it it was like oh yeah all right yeah, maybe yeah let's let, yeah let's do that it's going to sound like crowdfunding it's going to be cool it's going to no it's not it it got very bad reactions from all around i think so anyway yeah, it's
2: pretty. It, it, it was a pretty stupid idea probably <coughs>
0: <coughs> all right i think that's the summary of all of it it was a pretty stupid idea
1: <laughs> i'm trying to think i mean i know that i've seen a steam game do it before i think there was like enemy within the xcom
0: it, expansion it feels like yes yeah, something like that has been but it wasn't quite this it, it, there there's something different about this one but um uh... Anyway, if you're a DSX fan, uh, apparently we're going to get a a backwards compatibility on Xbox One with the original DSX. So that could be fun for for some people. Um, And by the way, the backwards compatibility uh, poll is still running on Xbox One. That's going to start in uh, uh, in, in November. Um, And the first one... I'll give you a guess. Which one do you think the first game uh, the most voted for on backwards compatibility is? Without looking, uh, I I, I no. want to
1: say Halo,
0: but that well, oh, wow, okay, I look, yeah, okay. <laughs> Call of Duty Black Ops Two. What the hell? <laughs> it's like okay, I know Call of Duty is, but backwards compatibility black ops 2 really that is weird i mean second i can understand red dead redemption fantastic games skyrim is third works too call of duty if you're gonna go for a call of duty the fourth one is modern warfare 2 which is wonderful uh halo reaches uh comes afterwards black ops uh next gears of war 3 fallout 3 call of duty modern warfare uh etc etc um but yeah, so most of those games are probably going to get backwards compatibility and probably going to get some kind of uh, Xbox Live Gold uh, inclusion. So that's, that's good news. Um, bad news, or I don't know, neutral news. Uh, the Vive VR headset is going to be launched in 2016 after all. Um, that, uh, the, 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 that means that all of the VR headsets are basically going to be launched in 2016. um, And VR, as I had been predicting, is not going to be uh, actually a thing until I would say the end of 2016. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, At least. And and this this one in particular, because I, I don't know if you guys played a little bit with it. I did at Gamescom.
0: No, I played and, uh, with the Oculus, but not the the Vive. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: this is really, really interesting, and uh, but at the same time, I think it would be pretty much impossible for ninety nine percent of people just to play with it in uh, the the proper uh, way because you need uh, an empty room, even though it's small, it's still pretty much empty, and uh, you really need you really can move with the 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 the, the, the Vive VR. So you need space and it's really cool. It's really different. But at the same time, I really can't imagine how hard it would be to just make games for this, a proper game, a proper games. And uh, just I think very few people will, um, will be able to, to experience the, the, this VR set in a, in a proper way.
0: Well, the, yeah, the problem is you have to put those, uh, those pieces at the edge, you know, at the corners of your room and it tracks your movement in the room. So you need a big room. And in exactly. the U.S., it's possibly possible in some cities. In Europe, it's going to be difficult because we have smaller rooms. And in Korea, mm-hmm. dude, you're, you're going to be in trouble <laughs> if you stay
2: there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, it's really smart because it, it, uh, it tells you when you are reaching the wall. But but basically, that's it. I mean, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure you, you, you can't put a sofa in your, in your room. You need an empty room. And uh, I don't know. It's it's very very cool. I played it with uh, five or six demos. It was super super cool. But uh, as a already already Oculus has the problem that uh, it needs some uh, good games made for Oculus to really shine. With this one, it's I think will be much harder. And uh, I don't know. You also need uh, good numbers to to try to think uh, proper games and uh, good games. I don't know. It's well, just. A, a, an interesting technology.
0: Thing. I think ultimately all three of them, which are the Oculus Rift, the uh, Vive uh, VR, well, the Valve uh, model from from Valve, um, and the um, uh, the Sony Morpheus, are going to be items that you use sit, sitting down or standing but I don't think many people are going to be using them walking around uh, maybe turning around but not walking around and so ultimately they all three of them are um, are going to be similarly used I think the the, the the Morpheus is interesting because you're a lot of people a lot of people already have uh, PS4s and the specs are set. Uh, with a PC, you're going to need a relatively powerful PC if you want to use these things. And PCs are more expensive than a PS4. And you you also need you know the the device itself the the. I suspect the Morpheus is going to be the cheapest of all of them, also the least technologically interesting, but possibly the cheapest. Uh, You're also going to have the PlayStation Move that you're going to use with it, so you're going to have to add that, uh, which means you also need a PlayStation Eye. But ultimately, I still think it's going to be cheaper to get a um, PS4 set than a PC set. Uh, But, you know, we're going to see. I think the, the research into whether or not this is cool is going to start in 2016. Not, you know, when it first comes out, it's not going to be... uh, Some people are going to buy one of them and I'm going to be one of those people for sure, but it's not going to be primed for consumer consumption immediately. It's going to be months before people figure out exactly how to use this thing and if it's actually a fun experience for games or other things. So yeah, if if you're not... Super interested. If you're not a zealot, as I was saying for pre-orders, you can safely wait until the end of the of the year. I think. Um, Apple TV rumors. Apparently, game is going. Games are going to be a huge focus on uh, the next Apple TV that's going to be announced tomorrow. Uh, Apple TV four. There's going to be an app ecosystem. Uh, possibly a controller sold with it. That seems weird because they were super expensive, but controllers the ios controllers that already exist are going to work with it um there's going to be uh, the the app store games twitter account was created uh so basically apple is getting into the um top st- box which is also a game console um game and market we know that the ouya has made a huge flop and i was not convinced at all by all of these uh, attempts as, at converting mobile os's into game systems on on your tv um is the apple tv going to be different maybe umberto who's uh, 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 an expert in all things games and including mobile <laughs> I've just decreed?
2: Uh, it will be, of course, different from OEA because uh, it's, <laughs> Apple is much bigger than OEA. Uh, I, I don't know. It, um, it it will probably not be something... Um, it will sure not be something something for core gamers. But, I mean, it, it can be successful in, um, in the way that many people already have games on the iPad and on the... On the iPhone, so maybe they just want to play again or play a little more on their TV i don 't think it will be a, a revolution in gaming because it's still just uh, just one of the, one of those box to put under the TV very small and uh, for streaming and that kind of stuff i don 't know it's um, I'm not too, I'm not too convinced by this kind of stuff, but still, again, I think that if you play on your iPhone and on your tablet and want just to go back home and play a little bit more at your mobile games, it's good, but I don't know, I'm not too impressed, but I was reading your uh, your um, your summary, you said that a full Skylander supercharge will come to iOS, and that's, of course, pretty cool, but... Um, I think in five years we will not have the Apple TV instead of our consoles and PC. I'm pretty sure I, about that.
1: I wonder if it's going to be like the Apple TV is supposed to be the the Steam Link, you know the Steam. There aren't mm-hmm. sort of like the, the I the
0: I, I don't the Mac OS. Equivalent Steam. to, no, I yeah. don't think so because the Steam Link is really just to str- to stream your games from your PC to the TV. Uh, the Apple TV is going to be the games are going to be running on the system, uh, on the the small setup top box. Um, and I, you know, I think that looking at it as the people who play on mobile are going to be playing on their Apple TV. I don't even think that's the case because as as I often say. Um, for me, the casual gamers that play on mobile are the people who play when they have time to waste, and the the core gamers who play on their t v are people who make time specifically to play right and so i don 't think that the those people are going to translate too much um, However, I think that you know graphics wise and convenience wise the apple t v could compete to an extent with some more expensive systems um, for people who don't want to buy a full-blown console, but their kids or maybe... <sighs> Honestly, I'm not even convinced that many people... I'm trying to think of a situation of someone who would buy an Apple TV and, and play a game, but aside from maybe some children... I don't see who would. Anyone who wants to play a specific game is going to want a dedicated uh, console Mm -hmm. for it. Um, Again, the mobile market is very different because the people who want the, the 3DS is still selling mind you uh, but the people who play on the on the bus are people who play because they don't have anything better to do it's the candy crush of their of the of the world and when they are going to get home they're going to sit in front of the tv and watch you know survivor or some kind of reality tv thing um i would think maybe i'm going to be proven wrong and i think that the uh, graphical capabilities of the 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 devices are high enough that you can offer some pretty compelling games um you know maybe it's going to be a price thing maybe the games are going to be five bucks when they are 20 on a ps4 and people are going to buy them there uh and people who are actual gamers it's i think it's i don't know how it's going to turn out but i think it's it has the potential to do something I just don't know what that something is. Apple is not Ouya. It's not even those Android TV uh, devices we've seen. Apple has a, an impact on these industries that others don't. So I think that a unified offering, uh, a vibrant uh, app store is going to have some kind of an effect. I just don't know what, uh, how strong the effect is going to be. Would you play games on your Apple TV, James? Um, yeah,
1: why not? If, if oh, okay, if I had an Apple TV and I had, and I had games to play on it, then yes, I wouldn't
0: buy one specifically for it. I think that's the key. Uh, a lot of people are going to be buying Apple TVs just for many other things. No one's going to buy it to play games. But then when you see, I don't know, um, some mobile game that is translated to, you know, that's also on, uh, on, um, on your PS4 or Xbox One and on your Apple TV for half the price, maybe you're going to whip out the Apple TV controller. Maybe, you know, I think that might be something. Maybe some games that are kind of fun, but don't quite work on your iPhone or iPad um, that don't, you know, that aren't adapted, aren't perfect for uh, touch control are going to be, more fun to play for people who are actually gamers on the apple tv because you're sitting down in your couch and watching your your giant screen Mm -hmm. Uh, that might be an area that you know maybe some games i don't really play on my iphone because i just i don't bother with them maybe i would play them with a controller and you know a big tv ah we'll see um more quick news um lawbreakers was announced it's the uh game from cliff blizinski's new team coming out 2016 it's a free-to-play uh first-person shooter competitive uh no single player campaign um yeah maybe it looks Overwatchish, which yeah. is a good yeah, thing exactly. um yeah impressions anyone has anything to say about this game
1: not really. I mean, as you just picked up the big thing that matters to me is that it looks like an Overwatch game. It's by Cliff, Cliff Blazinski. Um. <laughs>
2: a little bit, maybe a little more, a little faster, and a little more. Yeah. Like, uh, how how to say? Uh, it still has uh, a foot in the arena shooter kind of. Uh, yeah. Gameplay, but yeah, it it has of course something of Overwatch, and it's fun because we played it. Not me, one colleague was at a uh, Pax, uh, Pax Prime, and he played it. But uh, there is an NDA on the game that will last probably forever for that uh, that hands-on, so we will never write about the game,
0: <laughs> no, not, not about that hands-on. It's yeah, well, you know, it's it looks fast. That's that's for sure. It's it looks faster than um, than Overwatch, for example. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I I'm, I'm always interested in what uh, Blazinski does because, you know, Gears of War, we're talking about the influential. Gears of War was so influential in the third-person shooter genre, and he's been at an uh epic for a long time, and uh his new endeavor is interesting, of course. Um and by the way, uh, uh he wants to have an uh an equal split between male and female characters and the female character looked badass and not undressed so they <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there um fifa 16 demo is uh, demo is available on the ps4 uh, ps store um i'm guessing on the xbox one as well i i'm downloading it as we speak because you know what it's the most played game in the history of games i'm gonna try it out and there's a demo so why not uh i also played the demo of dying light and i was surprised it was fun i it's think really i'm fun. gonna i'm gonna try and and uh and get it uh for cheap i was very surprised you know it's it's the opposite of the experience i've had with mad max which was underwhelming it was just ticking all the boxes underwhelming this one seems like it's ticking all the boxes and kind of fun so yeah it's it's very rewarding doing the parkouring around and and you're getting
1: into it so i adore dying light i think it's a fantastic game it's one of the best games i've played i think um I think that buying it now is a great thing to do because they're just about to release a huge expansion pack, and I mean huge, like doubling the content of the game. So which is- maybe,
0: yeah, I think you know. Usually, when these things happen, um, the the base game drops in price. So maybe I'm gonna be on the lookout for that. Um, possibly, it, I I enjoyed uh, uh, Dead Island One. It was it was. I got a oh, I got too. a good amount of fun out of that, yeah. and uh, it's the same team. So, um, Forza Six is getting great reviews. So, if you if you enjoy um, uh, racing games, that might be interesting for you. I played the demo again on Xbox One, and um, so the game is coming out on the 18th. And I'm like, I'm, I was a little bit sad because it was one of those. It's it's sad pixels today. Um, I was like, I remember a time. With Gran Turismo 1, Gran Turismo 2, when I would just eat and drink and sleep racing games. And that was Gran Turismo. Basically, it was one my one racing game. Um, Gran Turismo 6 has sold like a little bit over two hundred two million 2 million units, which is... A ridiculous number compared to what it did before uh the f- the fifth one did 10 million units so i think racing games have sort of gone out of the uh you know consumer market as we we were talking about this with the fighting games um i think racing games are still very um exciting for racing game fans who are de- dedicated to that but they're not quite uh wide-reaching as they were at a point in their in their life. Um and that's where I think on the other and the opposite end uh, fighting games are which they're primed to come back maybe to to more um, players. But um yeah Forza Six it's just not for me. It looks super well done. But yeah the realistic racer. And this sure. time it
2: has many contents, not like parts uh,
0: five not like parts. the fifth one. Yeah exactly. <laughs> But yeah, it looks like you know it's a it's a very good racer. So, um, Guild Wars uh, Two is going free to play. So if you've you know, I think Guild Wars Two is the the the. MMO ish game that I've enjoyed the most out of all the World of Warcraft clones. Uh, it sold five million copies. It's free to play now because the expansion is coming out, and basically they want you to um, buy the expansion. To if you want to get into the game, you will only have to buy the expansion. It's coming out in uh, October 30th, uh, 23rd. Um, so, and honestly, I think I'm gonna. I'm. I think I'm gonna re-download Guild Wars Two. It was honestly fun. It was a fun game.
1: Um yeah no i I really intrigue you just i mean I don't want to sound like I'm whining, but it makes you feel a little bit you know I bought that game and paid money for it went day of release three years ago, and now they've made it free to play, but they still want me to pay for the expansion. I know it's not it just kind of makes you feel a little bit like, oh I see you know? what you
0: mean i guess yeah i'm honestly i'm i wouldn't agree because it's been three years no, and there sure, are yeah. so many games that have gone you know but oh, i guess yeah. uh, aren't are, is no one are, are the people who bought it not getting something like i don't know a mount i haven't or seen anything about
1: mm-hmm. it um, um and um i haven't sent any emails out saying what we get if we were prior supporters so i don't know but i um, won't say conclusively
0: that no how, how long and, has it been since you've played it
1: uh, i played it last
0: in may Oh, okay so you do play it a little bit okay yeah I, yeah I can see it yeah i can see it yeah that's true i didn't even think of it because i haven't played it for well basically three years but um okay well i that that's that's i understand what you mean i still think it's cool it's it's free to play oh no great. i do too i think it's yeah. great i mean
1: it's a fantastic game it's one of the it's one of the most um different mmos you can play out there and i, I i'm really happy that people are going to be playing it i mean guild wars just as a franchise is huge to me it's i mean guild wars 1 was the first mmo i ever played Ooh. um and i love that game yeah and the more people that get into this universe the happier it's just you know for me personally it's yeah, i kind of wish that well maybe, there was a little bit more there yeah
0: maybe you're gonna get uh, WildStar, which is going free to play on september 29th then did you buy mm. that one too no i didn't well there no. you go so there's you know <laughs> it's a silver lining there yeah exactly i didn't play wildstar um i i think i might try it too um uh, these kinds of games i usually play for you know three hours go through the tutorial area and they usually don't get me into it but it it's uh it could be interesting as well and free to play is uh, is always good so uh, well not always good but you know what i mean i want to check it out and i don't want to pay for it so september 29th i'm gonna try it out um Who's seen the uh, trailer for the P- BBC drama that re- recounts the history oh, of, uh, <laughs> of Grand Theft Auto's fight with the authorities? And it's got... Uh, ooh, that, there is a sound here. Sorry. Um, Daniel Radcliffe and uh, who else? Uh, Bill Paxton are going to be starring What's in that, in that uh, BBC drama. You don't seem happy, James. As player one... What do you I'm mean watching the trailer one? now. So
1: it says, like, Daniel Radcliffe, it, as he first bit, it, has, like, in lower thirds, like, player one.
0: No, I guess it's just uh, Daniel Radcliffe is going to play one of the characters and Bill Paxton. I think it might be... Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, no, it's a drama about, like, historical, like, the, the story of how... Uh, the the thing is going to be called the game changers. Um, it's going to be the story of how Grand Theft Auto, uh, I think three, um, came out and made a huge splash and provoked the kind of ire from the American. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So, so I was. It's watching... historical. It's not like <laughs> it's not a Grand Theft Auto movie where there's a character that is from Grand Theft Auto and does Grand Theft Auto yeah, okay. that so, Grand Theft so I things. I think
1: the, 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 the headline of grand theft auto tv drama it kind of it like that's what i was reading it kind of just it made me think that it's going to
0: be oh like okay. live action grand theft auto adaptation yeah no yeah, okay. no 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 no. it's a biopic no. kind of but not really this sounds interesting oh apparently
1: rockstar are going to uh th- have threatened to sue yeah Did yeah we see?
0: mentioned it in a, in an episode they they're not happy That the BBC. They are very unique,
2: actually. The two Hauser brothers are not uh, so easy to. to, I mean, they're not the most friendly people on the art, probably. So it would be be from
0: from Rockstar.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the the Hauser brothers are not super open or. I mean, playing. Yeah, Sam Hauser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really curious about about the the drama because they are very unique kind of. People, the two Hauser brothers. So, yeah, I think it will be interesting. I don't know. I just watched the, the the trailer. It's very short, and it's really hard to say if it will be, it will be good or bad. But still, I'm, I'm really interested in it. Mm. Yeah, yeah I I,
1: interesting.
0: I I think it's it's cool that we're getting you know our our the history of our. Art form getting turned into uh, BBC dramas. It's it's actually rewarding. I I understand that Rockstar uh, and the, the the brothers want to have uh, some kind of uh, oversight over what's happening because they're talking about them. Um, mm-hmm. So I understand that, but I also think it's cool that we're getting this. You know, it's it's important enough that this is getting turned into apparently uh, very uh, seriously done. TV drama. Uh, I'll, I'll be trying to get it for sure through various means. Um, who's getting Mario Maker?
1: Uh, I would be if I had a Wii U. Uh, <laughs> I think this is one of those games that, that I put onto things that says, this is me buying, I would like a Wii U. There's, yeah, it's, I'm more and more getting turned onto the fact that, and this game seems like one of the ones that is just like the Wii U is, is perfect for it.
0: Yeah, it seems like it's the the console's swan song, though, so it would be kind of... But, you know, I've been an advocate for for the Wii U for a long time, and I think there are at least three or four games that are wonderful on the Wii U. And if you're a gamer, I think you can put it down as a business expense, James. Uh, Of course, you might not be making a lot of money since you're starting out, but... No, it's uh, true. Yeah, it's it's definitely... But I don't know, I think I'm going to get it, but it's because I already have a Wii U. I wouldn't get the Wii U just for it. So, uh, Umberto, Mario fan?
2: Uh, I'm a Mario
0: fan. Mm, I don't know. It's
2: uh, this one. It's pretty hard because I, usually I don't like too much um, editor games because I think it's not so fun as it sounds to make games, and uh, it's really hard to make good levels and good contents. So I'm curious. I don't know. Usually I think uh, people has people have. Uh, really high expectations on from this kind of game, but uh, it's a little hard to find online good contents made from people. So I don't know, I'm curious, maybe with Mario it will be different.
0: So what convinced me that I was probably going to get it was the fact that you get remixed versions of the uh, three games that are included designed by nintendo so you you have at least a few levels uh available so you can play those if nothing else and hopefully you're going to get interesting stuff um as well from other other you know game designers or i mean you know, other players. i know that but, i saw that rare had done some
1: the other day oh sorry then you like platonic they did some some levels and i think it's, it's nifty that you know loads it's allowing game developers. To go into this one universal tool and show, hey, these are fundaments to game design. This is something that we all agree on and make games like that.
0: And and you know, there were were super interesting things as well. There was uh, one of the levels that were featured was a level where you had to be small Mario in order to complete it. But you had lots of mushrooms around, like tons and tons of mushrooms. So you had to navigate... Between the mushrooms, in order to be able to finish the level, and you had only maybe one or two enemies in the whole game, so in the whole level so it 's this kind of weird approach to things i 've mentioned a few times that i 'm not interested in having levels with you know uh, millions of of enemies and millions of cannons and millions of hammer brothers everywhere that 's not what you know the super difficult ones are not what is drawing me to the potential of this game but those weird quirky things and uh you know it's cheap enough it's uh, i think i can find it under 40 euros here so that that's cool um quick word about destiny uh, we're getting swords people coming out in about a week and this is just my destiny geeking out segment in the show swords can you imagine we're getting swords all right. No one else cares. Um, I, well, uh, I, I want, I, I,
1: desperately want to play Destiny. I played it on my girlfriend's PS3, and I really enjoyed it. But I, I, if I was to play Destiny, I would have to buy a whole new console, and it doesn't quite get me there yet.
2: Yeah. As I soon understand. as they
1: bring it to, if they bring it to PC, I will be playing that game. And Swords is another thing that I want <laughs> in that game, and I will play it even more so now if I can.
0: But, so, okay, are you not going to get a current generation console? You're just streaming, uh, <sighs> you're just streaming PC stuff, right? I, I, I need, I need that. Well, yeah, right
1: now I am. I need there to be more of a, like, right now for the PS, PS4, off the top of my head, I can think of maybe four or five games that I would want to play, and I need there to be more than that for now. Mm. I. Can't justify it. If I could just, if I had a little bit more cash, then sure.
0: Yeah, I understand. Yeah, for sure, it's 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 not a trivial uh, amount. I, as a, a working professional that's over forty years old, uh, for me, it's a lot more uh, justifiable, I guess. But uh, yeah, I understand. I remember that time when I was a, a starving student. Uh, I used to work at a, a games store to get stuff, and I would borrow the games from the store. And return them, of course. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I understand. But, you know, I think at some point, I mean, unless you specialize on PC stuff, which is completely valid as well. Um, but, you know, to be a well-rounded uh, gamer, I think it's, it's, it's not a For bad sure. thing to have no, a, a, a console as well. Um, but, yeah. Um, and then you're gonna have to choose which one to get, and you're gonna be sorry you didn't oh, well, get the other one for some of the games. An so.
1: easy decision though, because so many people that we we know have PS4s. If
0: I was to get one, it would be a PS4. Right, I, I know. The that. snowballing effect is yeah. Real. Um, Alright, I wanted to say a couple of words about that new crowdfunding platform called Fig, which is basically a crowdfunding platform where you can get equity in some of the games. I didn't mention it last time, but it's an interesting concept. Uh, The first game, Outer Wilds, is out, but basically what that means is that you're crowdfunding stuff, and uh, if they do super well, you get money back. So it's equity. You actually get equity in the game uh, being created. And it's very uh, limited. You have only a few games that are going to be um launched through that platform it's very regulated a lot of uh, uh, people are scrutinizing the games to make sure that they're the companies are serious and it's not you know free-for-all like it is on on kickstarter which by the way mentioned they are not going to be uh exploring equity crowdfunding it's not for them uh but yeah it's just you know fig if you want to look into it it's uh it's a, an interesting idea for gamers. It's a little bit more involved uh, in the crowdfunding aspect.
1: Yeah, I, I like it. I, I don't think I'll use it, but I like that it's a little bit more, yeah, it gives, gives you a little bit more involvement in it. Well, you
0: don't have money for a console, James, so it's you're true. not going to start funding. No, it's, <laughs> just, <laughs> it's true. Although you could fund your consoles uh, purchasing through the rewards, I could, you know, the yeah. games you're going to, the money you're going to get from uh, Outer Wild. You can you can go
2: all in on some game and see. It's
0: true. Yeah. yeah. Add your bets and everything. <laughs> um, there is, okay, let's uh, leave the strictly gaming uh, news to talk about uh, video and movies and stuff like that very quickly. Uh, Castlevania is going to get a bootleg miniseries um i don't know if you've ever seen power slash rangers which is a a fan made film yeah i haven't seen it but i've heard a lot about it now it's supposed to be really good right it's super cool. Uh, it's this guy called Adi Shankar uh, who did uh, that Power Rangers thing. It had a bunch of famous actors in it. There's uh, The Punisher. There's a, a short movie by the uh, with The Punisher, which is super cool and super violent as well. Uh, I'm really looking forward to see what he's going to be doing with Castlevania. Um, I've professed my love for Castlevania many times on the show. Um, and seeing go check out Power slash Rangers and uh, The Punisher uh, Dirty Laundry. It, there are two short films, maybe 10 minutes each, super cool. And you'll be excited for what he can do with Castlevania um, after you've seen those. So. Okay. And yeah. In I mean, the last. I'm oh, sorry. I was just going to say that I'm more excited for a miniseries than it would be for
1: a film. Because I think you can do more with a miniseries.
0: Yeah, I mean it's probably going to be like five minutes episodes, and there's going to be four of them. But maybe, um, yeah. Umberto,
2: oh yeah, no, I just want to say that in the last three weeks we had like Castlevania miniseries and Castlevania Sexy Pachinko, so now we, we only <laughs> we only need some good Castlevania games because we have everything else.
0: Wait, I haven't seen. We're we're all googling Castlevania Sexy yeah, Pachinko. <laughs>
2: uh i'm pretty sure it was like uh
0: passylvania oh sexy yep. pachink. i'm pretty sure about that. yep <laughs> oh there you go all right that is interesting oh my god yep japan as
1: you mentioned <laughs> yeah yeah
0: there. that we're coming back to that again um wow that is yeah all right i'm gonna be watching that video um, and and it's interesting. Uh, Borderlands is apparently getting a movie from Lionsgate. Um, I think this is the Mad Max effect. It's, yeah. uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. it's I. I don't think Borderlands has the story to to um, carry that. Honestly, I mean, I know that Tales of the Borderlands is supposedly doing well, but I don't think. And I'm going to get people saying telling me off for this, but I don't think A, I don't think Borderlands has a good story. In general, and wow! B, I you think, like to
0: live dangerously. You're gonna get it, some angry people yeah. and <laughs> reacting the, to this.
1: The fact that Lionsgate says is developing the Borderlands movie as a tentpole feature film sounds mm. scary.
0: Yeah, if you start, if you hear tentpole feature film, you're gonna think it has to be to have a wide appeal. And Borderlands is fun because it's irreverent. And I don't know how well that's going to translate, but I think if they have any brain in their head, uh, they're going to know that, you know, Fury Road was very... It is violent and it is visceral. And I think Borderlands needs to be all that and funny. And I think, you know, stories can be written in that universe. It's very rich. There is a lot of uh, lore in in the, the thing. And... um i I choose to be optimistic i 'm not overly optimistic, but i want I, I think it could be uh fun and it's we're at a time when these kinds of movies can be made properly right if If we had discussed this fifteen years ago, I would have said no way that's going to be good um, but now i'm I, i'm I think i'm allowing myself to be hopeful so um there's also going to be a Mega Man movie. Apparently, uh, it's going to be uh, animated, obviously. But that's... I don't know how they're going to make a Mega Man movie not for kids. Maybe it is going to be for kids, but I it's don't gotta see that. It's got to be for kids. Yeah. There's no way they're going to make
1: uh, super gritty. Oh, although, you know, based on... I don't know if you guys have ever heard, like, music by the Megas or anything. But they do super gritty um, music around Mega Man, so it's doable. But I don't see... Um. I don't see Fox making a yeah a, a gritty film about Mega Man at all. Yeah,
0: for sure. And it's, it's uh, we never know. You know, the Power Rangers thing was actually super cool, but Mega Man, it's, we never know. But I think it's going to be aimed at kids. And finally, oh, Umberto, go ahead.
2: No, 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 no. no. I just agree with James about uh, Mega Man and also about Borderlands. But they're making a movie around the Monopoly. So, I think everything is possible.
0: Oh, there's a Monopoly game movie?
2: No, there is, yeah, 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 yeah. There is a movie about Monopoly. That's Mindscape oh. as well. Okay. Huh. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Is it going to be a movie about the history of how Monopoly became a worldwide uh, phenomenon? I'm, I'm, or I'm not sure. No, 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 no. It's not like a documentary. It's a real movie. <laughs> oh, like, oh, go to prison. Don't collect uh, 20,000. Is that going to be the movie? That's...
2: Uh, I, th- I, th- I think i'm not sure but i think something like that
0: yeah not sure. um, there's an
1: article in variety about it saying yeah that it's basically gonna be like battleship movie i guess
0: wow well and battleship was the raving success we all know so yeah <laughs> uh and finally ubisoft is building a theme park in malaysia it's going to open in 2020. And there's going to be Assassin's Creed, Just Dance, uh, The Raving Rabbids. Uh, yeah, I'm not... It's got, They're saying it's going to be next generation, life-sized games. I don't know that this is... I don't like theme parks to begin with, but...
2: Maybe I really like theme parks, but Ubisoft. I, I don't know. Also, Nintendo. I think say that they, they, they want to do something with theme parks. I, I think yeah, a with Universal.
0: Universal actually, yeah, exactly. they're partnering. Um, I don't know. It feels like I don't know how the, these games would translate into full size, life sized experiences that wouldn't be just like a haunted house type of thing. I mean, I don't I could know how like it a,
1: would. a Rayman roller coaster. Or a Far Cry like um, rail shooter thing, but But, yeah, I don't think I can't think of anything. Or like a zombie, which is a game I'm playing uh, recently, um, horror game. But
0: I can't. What? I I don't know. I don't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How do you turn Assassin's Creed? Maybe, maybe Rayman into a roller coaster, but then it's just a roller coaster. A Far Cry rail shooter. Yeah, I mean you're gonna have what like screens with things you shoot at the screen um assassin's creed how do you make this into an attraction Uh, it feels like it's going to be subpar or you know maybe full par uh haunted houses or like you know renaissance fair type things
1: or what if they make it like an ubisoft open world game with towers you have to climb to act and like make it into a whole like each park is its so each zone of the park is its own tower like you have in uh, Assassin's Creed, you climb up it or you do something in it and then that makes the park, I don't know.
0: So, yeah, I don't know. That's because <laughs> you're going to climb, obviously you're not going to wall climb no. because not everyone's going to, so no. you're going to have to go, uh, like it's going to be stairs and then you see people behaving like idiots and in costumes and I don't know, maybe the Malaysians are going to love this. but Yeah, and that's another thing, like why Malaysia? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, could, I, I would suspect that they don't have theme parks and they, they, there is a theme park uh, company that was thinking, what could, who could we partner with to make into a theme park? It's going to be more of a theme park than, than a game thing. And, and it's going to be, yeah. So anyway, if you love Ubisoft, then maybe you're going to want to travel to Malaysia in 2020. Uh and that's going to be it for us. There's a bunch of other things that we're not going to be discussing like Rovio uh job cuts and Destiny uh Divinity Originals in 2 on Kickstarter. Go check that out. It looks super fun um, as a game. Um go check out the video. It looks crazy. Uh Batman Arkham Knight is becoming playable on PC, so uh come back to that game if you've been uh, leaving it aside until it's fixed. And uh, yeah, That's about it. Thank you so much, guys, Um, for being here. Uh, Yeah, I actually
1: have have a little question that I've been thinking about recently. What do you guys think of the fact that successful developers like Divinity Original Sin sold huge amounts of copies? What do you guys think about them then going on to use Kickstarter to fund their next game?
0: Marketing, I think <laughs> there's yeah, there's marketing for sure, but I think it's okay for in their case, because they're being very clear about the fact that the next game is uh, funded already because of the success of the first game, but they are saying we want to fund additional uh, content for the the next game, so it's basically stretch goals without the initial goal. Um, okay. And I think on, on this game, they've delivered pretty spectacularly. The people who had backed the game are very happy with their investment. And, uh, and the, the, again, the, the key thing here is uh, making it very clear what you're doing. So if you're being transparent, as we were talking with, you know, um, ethics earlier, if you're being transparent, I think it's okay to do pretty much anything as long as people are informed. And here they did say, uh, the game is funded, we're fine, we just want more stuff in the game, and that costs money. So, Okay, no, all right. Yep. Yeah, cool. That Sounds good makes to sense to me. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, that's going to be it for us. Uh, thank you, as I was saying, so much to both of you for being on the show, um, Umberto. Thanks, th- uh-huh. thanks for for traveling <laughs> all the way from Korea. Um, what are you doing these days on the internets? Uh,
2: I I'm just working and getting ready to the TGS. In uh, I will I will leave for Tokyo on Sunday. So.
0: Oh, TGS is yeah in uh, in just a week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in just a week. You know, I remember a time when TGS was uh, one, the major video game show in the world. It's long gone yeah. now, uh, but it there is not there the case anymore. <laughs> yeah, some things might be interesting. Um, yeah, I yes, hope you yeah, not too bad. <laughs> I'll be following you on Twitter to to hear reports uh, from TGS. Uh, what's your Twitter name again?
2: You uh, underscore m o i o l i.
0: It will be in the show notes. Uh, thanks so much, uh, Umberto. Thanks, James. What about you?
1: Uh, I am going to be well today working on uh, in investigations again. That's going to be coming up daily, every day for the net, for the f- foreseeable future. That's where I look at a, a small indie game every single day for like twenty minutes, thirty minutes, and then I'm um, I'm off to Eurogamer um, Eurogamer Expo in two weeks.
0: Oh, that's Which right! Be- I, people have been telling me I should go there. I just can't it's, be bothered with yeah. the travel.
1: No, I mean it's not a press event. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a fan event. But it's super fun. Um, I've been there. This will be my third time there, and I'm gonna go with my um, I'm gonna take my dad with me as well.
0: Oh, that's show him cool. around.
1: <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be nice. Um, I'm excited to get my hands on the Battlefront beta
0: there. I think, like everyone else, so oh yeah. <laughs> all Absolutely. right thank you so much uh and james can you tell me your very complicated twitter name again
1: uh, that is uh at i y a g o v o s
0: yes which is james in greek it is yes I remember that. Uh, it will be in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I am not Patrick on Twitter and Facebook, and you can find this show at Frenchspin.com. Uh, I hope you had a good time. We will be back in a couple of weeks with hopefully some news from uh, TGS. See you then. Bye everyone. later Bye bye <laughs>